welcome friends to a new episode of Mind Speaks, Soul Listens. The views and opinions expressed by the speakers in this recording are solely based on their own individual perspectives and experiences. They form only part of the truth and we strongly encourage listeners to form their own conclusion based on their own living experience. Okay, welcome to today's episode. We have uh, Sister Tanya from Germany. She'll be joining us in this conversation. Um, and yeah, Sister Tanya has been on this path for all, almost all her life. And she comes uh, on this conversation to share her experiences and uh, hopefully we can have a spiritual conversation together. So, um, yeah, I have Sister Tanya on the line. Um, so, uh, tell me, uh, Tanya, how long have you been on this uh, spiritual journey? Oh, thank you, Takin, and thank you, Nay, for inviting me for this conversation. Um, I can't tell in years. I'm, I'm not sure for years to count upon uh, this spiritual path. So, uh, because I think... Uh, I can't not, I can't not only uh, think about this life. I'm sure there are right. other lives that I should count on that too. Right. But um, what I can remember from this life uh, was like questioning questions, spiritual questions. Um, I remember me doing that from young age. So I, what do I say? I think. 14, 13 years old. Yeah, but uh, what child. kind of question did you mm -hmm. have? What kind of question? Yeah, it was, um, I remember that uh, one day uh, there was a, how do you say it in English, a cruise? Mm. A cruise. Uh, from Je yeah, a cruise from, from Jesus was hanging on, on the wall. Mm. And uh, it was hanging there yeah. across, across, across yeah. From, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And um, it was hanging there for several years. And, uh, and one day I, I went to this cross and um, put it uh, from the wall, take it, took it from the wall and, um, and then looked upon this cross for a long time. I was just looking. I think there was an inner eternal uh, conversation going on because I was really drawn into that. And I remember then that suddenly my mother woke me up from this uh, point and, and said, oh, you know, you can talk um, also to me. You don't have to talk to him. And I thought, oh, what is she talking about? Because I didn't realize that I was so drawn into this, into this cross. Mm -hmm. So this is what I remember. And, um, and then I remembered also that I had uh, vivid dreams uh, after that. Uh, and uh, yeah, so this is the first thing that I remember. Yeah. Right. So all all your life you've been um, searching or seeking for, um, I don't know, on the path of spirituality, or were you more into um, your the, the religion that you were you were born in? Um, I was not really born into one religion because uh, my family was uh, it was Christian, but it was different uh, 
different kinds of uh, Christianity. Right. And um, we didn't have like uh, rituals or we didn't went to churches or so. Right. But my mother told me a lot of mystic uh, events uh, from her early childhood, right. from the places where she lived. So this made me think a lot right. <laughs> about uh, what is real and what is not real. Right. What are ghosts? So my questions were about ghosts and afterlife. Mm. What is there after we are we are dying? Um, so because she told me a lot of things about people who appeared after their their death, and um, me myself, I saw a ghost when I was very young and. Uh, I never told anybody uh, because I was so scared that, that something will happen if I tell somebody. And, right. And so this was all, the only time. And yeah, it was a lot of questions about afterlife, uh, after death. Yeah. Right. Um, great. So, so you have a lot of questions when you were young. So, so for today's episode, what are some of the questions that you like uh, you have prepared or you would like to talk about? Yes, um, I prepared something, and uh, of course, right. The the question that I prepared uh, are of course dealing also with my experience or with my right. questions, and um, but most of them are dealing with experience that are um, that I've made the recently or the, the last <laughs> what do I say three four years so like that. They are not old uh, in that way, but I, but I think telling them and, and writing them down, I realized, okay, this has to do with my whole life mm. and also, I'm sure, <laughs> with past lives. Right. So um, I will put this one first. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I'm very much too into uh, the nervous system and uh, what is DNA, what is, uh, what about the nervous system and so. And my question is, what is the DNA? How come that we look like we look? Where was this body designed? Well, you ask very interesting question, right? Um, I have a chance that I was away on a silent retreat which is uh, practicing the technique of Vipassana according to Buddha. So I have a chance to look inside myself for the whole 10 days. But that 10 days feel like 10 years to me <laughs> because we truly cut off from everyone. I'm not allowed to look at anybody. I have private accommodation. We meditate um, to eight to 12 hours a day, right? And meditation, we do group meditation three times a day, which is three hours. And after that, you have your own time where you can practice in your room and they have a concept of a cell. A cell is like a mini cave that they built. And when you, will, when you enter, it's total dark with you know some kind of air vent that you can breathe, that's all. So when I um, go into that meditation and I try to use the cell facility, I found that I can look inside myself in the deeper and deeper level. 
like you ask, what is DNA? Why this is part of myself, right? What is a DNA, you know, um, carry importance in spiritual sense, right? So uh, at first, right, I observed the breathing. So my consciousness become very sharp. My focus and consciousness become very sharp. And then I use that as the tool, right? To observe sensation within myself. So the first sensation that come out, of course, we carry a lot of suffering or grief or anger, right? Or aversion that we react in our environment, day-to-day -day life. Unless you completely shut up, you will never see that we are the sort of the suffering. And that's so much accumulation of suffering, layers by layers, that we accumulate and build into this physical karmic body, actually. So when I start to spot a chunk of suffering, and when that chunk, I'll be able to look deeper and deeper. And then I find this record of DNA or a karmic record that hand down for many generations that build up this body. So in a simple term, I would say this DNA is like a karmic record, but is like, you know, an, a, a tiny part of ourselves that is actually built us and determine what we're gonna look like and what we gonna be like as well. So by uh, science, I also heard somewhere that when they study DNA, I, they can tell that if the person uh, have some kind of addition, if a person can become a criminal, or if a person is a saintly person, they can read in the code of the DNA. But I feel that science will have to merge with spirituality to understand more what is the entire record of this DNA. Because now they can read this DNA in very small percentage. I would say 3 to 10%. And the missing part is more than 90%. So I feel, you know, the science um, have to read that more using the tools of spirituality. Yeah, wow. I, I guess this is because uh, we are looking only on the material side of the DNA. They, they look through the microscopes and what they are using and they trying to find their conclusions about what they they see and uh, uh, from the material side. So the rest is what we don't see. <laughs> or is it like that? No, I feel they're getting there, but because they, they stuck using the physical tools to find the truth, you know, in the DNA. The DNA manifests itself physically, but it's also another layers, deeper layers of spirituality, you know, of the energy in there. So on that, I feel they have to use the tools, you know, of mm. the divine power, which is the soul, the observer to observe. Then mm. they can find the deeper meaning of DNA. Mm -hmm. 
Ah, I see. Yeah. So like Einstein said that uh, he, uh, at the last um, point of his life, he said something like that, if I clearly rem remember, that he uh, always um, put his focus on the object and not on the observer. Mm. So um, very interesting. Yeah, it's the same thing, uh, what you are saying. Mm. Mm. So what is your knowledge of this DNA, Takin? Have you ever questioned about it? Uh, not in that sense. Um, because when you mix DNA and spirituality, it's a bit, um, it's a bit interesting because uh, from a DNA perspective, you are tracing back uh, that incarnation of a being from mm -hmm. a human perspective, right? But we, we all know in this cycle of birth and rebirth, we transcend species, right? Sometimes you are a cow, for example. Next time you are a bird, right? So technically, the DNA of you, that being, um, does not correspond necessarily to your past life, I feel. I think there is a bigger DNA at play here. I think the karmic DNA or the spiritual DNA is more interesting because uh, somehow, um, even your actions as a lower incarnations um, might affect um, the being of the um, let's say the, the higher order like say um, as a human being for example you know I believe um, I think it was you Ney, that told me about the story of um, the bird um, that uh, that was it a bird or the bird that pecked into the eye of a, um, a dog I think and, and then, yeah, maybe you can tell us that story uh, because that, to me, is karmic DNA playing at its best. Right. So that story is actually from Great Master Time, right? They have a question where, okay, do um, bright people can get initiation, right? Do right. bright or deaf people can get initiation? But the rules that they set in place is that, no, if you can't see the physical master, then you cannot recognize the inner master. When master come and visit in radiant form, then they cannot see or recognize that. So, but there's a unique story that happened in India during great master time. There's a Hindu monk came and listened to great master discord. And, in, and on that discord, he paid great attention to what Great Master say. And when uh, Great Master say, okay, if anybody have questions, you can ask now. So this uh, Hindu monk, he raised up, you know, and everybody can see that he's bright, right? But he asked uh, Great Master, Great Master, please give me initiation. And Great Master say, no, I can't. You bright. You cannot recognize me when I come to visit you inside. But then this man said, yes, I know what you look like. I saw you in my past life. And great master said, what do you mean? And then this man said, in, last, in the previous lifetime, I was born as an eagle. And I live here in this compound in this dera where you live, great master. So I saw that you look like a tall man. 
with a white turban and white beard and you walk around this compound right i recognize you i remember you very well but this light time i'm born right because uh, before i die as an eagle i just pick out an eye of a dog right and create great suffering on this dog before he die and then i die right after but because i have the darshan or i look at your uh, form in last lifetime and accumulate great blessing that i can become a human and a sadhu meaning uh, a monk in Hin in hindu tradition but he said he remember that part very well where he see this man this tall man with white turban and white beard so he's seeking for his whole life to come and meet with great master and seek for nam or initiation from great master and then great master said okay if it's so then i will give you initiation right so it mean that the karma actually carry from one lifetime to the other cannot just explain in the framework of our physical self we have to read into our astral self or sensory self and also we have to read into our mind or our mental body that at play here you know the multi layers of this physical body as well like okay you are a healer right you heal people by using uh nervous um system sos exercise right mm -hmm. so when you heal like yesterday we have conversation about yes it might look like you offer help and heal people physically using their nervous system but i do believe that this healing go deeper onto their sensory body and also the body of their mind that you know that acting like another two layers apart from this uh, physical self as well in the retreat when i went to this uh, 10-day retreat there's a brother he challenged me <laughs> he challenged, he said to me mahajan in thailand they call me mahajan mahajan i went to this 10-day retreat as your instruct but he said on the third or the fourth day something remarkable happened when he observed that breathing very deeply and then he feel that he been sucked into the portal which is inside his physical body so he as the observer observe how this body create okay he said inside is a place of record and this record might look like a box he said but within this box you know it's not a physical box okay it's how his mind interpret it he said within this box it's a record of countless lifetime he said i would say million you know inside that and he said unless the soul who inherit this book of karmic record 
pray out all of this karma, the soul cannot get liberation. And I said, okay, then uh, which lifetime you are on now? I asked him. He said, yes. I'm still in the middle. He said, wow, there's still million more that I have to take birth to fulfill. But I said, see, you know, see, unless you raise above this system, there's never a way out, you know, yeah. because this such a perfect system mm. that make us believe that we are this body we are these senses we are this mind there's no the way out but he said oh Mahajan, can you take a look i want to understand the system of karma i said okay shalen accept it <laughs> <laughs> then on the second day of the retreat when i observed the breathing i have the same experience where the um my body just you know come to the single point you know like a single pointedness and after that i i can see this um karmic system at work within the framework of my body but then i question well my experience is different than his because I already asked him, how do you know there's only one box that you have to fulfill? It can be, okay, you, you burn out the karma in this one box. Maybe another box show up. <laughs> and I was very right. Because within that, I saw something flow in this infinity. Okay? In this inf infinity flow of the divine play, there are so many boxes floating around or so-called um, a DVD by, um, by Ishwapuriji, right? He said it's like a set of karma or a DVD that the soul pick, right? So it fraud in this infinity. So what happened if this brother go to another 10 day, let's say silent retreat, in order to burn this box, burn his karma, okay? So I just asked, right? I asked a master because I have inner master with me at all time, right? I can ask, I observe and then ask, okay, what happened? You know, show me, right? He said, okay, let's say you take out one box <laughs> from this flow of infinity. Then you know what happened? Another box randomly. Okay, apart from this, in inner circle of the flow of the divine play, there are another set of karma, inactive karma, that ran, will randomly fall into this circle of flow, okay, and replace that box. So it's like a copy-paste, right? You delete one file, there's another copy waiting to come in. So this is never, you know, there's, there's no way we can actually win our karma or burn out our karma. It yeah. needs another divine intervention, another help from another level beyond this to help. Then I question about, okay, at the time of uh, initiation, there's a belief that master burn out our collective karma, right? 
and then leave out the karma of this lifetime so we can perform our duty. And there's also a gap in between of the new karma that when we use our free will, right, as individual, we create new set of karma and it build the next and the next and the next lifetime. Then I feel this is such a perfect system. There's no way out. The flow of the infinity, this is our uh, destiny karma. The sinship karma or the collective karma is all the karma that inactive, okay? It can come in play at any time and randomly come. And the new karma is a gap in the flow of the divine play. There's a small, 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 small gap. And within that gap, we, you know, as a karmic being, as human, we have free will. And then when we decide to choose between choice A and choice B, we create consequences. So this is such a perfect trap to trap all the souls <laughs> and we never get out. And I tell the brother, I said, you know what? You will waste your lifetime to burn that box because you can never burn unless you understand this system of suffering, this karma, and you raise above that with the help of a perfect being, of a master. Yeah, I just, just want to add on that, on that karmic uh, uh, explanation great explanation um that uh in between that that uh choice making you have mm -hmm. a period where you either can go left or you can go right yeah. so um if there is no divine intervention for you and you freely make a choice to stay in the loop you will always choose the choice that will prolong this karmic cycle and it will create longer uh but here here's the thing so um from a higher level we know that uh, the rescuer will come right so the question i i always ask this question myself in fact i think the first time i met you Nia, i asked this perfect question right i mean this this i mean not perfect question but this question about uh, the perfection of this whole system yeah. and how does a master uh, come in so all the time i thought that uh, master will come in to a point and uh, my future life will be uh, eliminated, right? Yeah, okay. But, but here's the thing. Uh, the realization is actually the opposite. Mm -hmm. Because in that moment of free choice that you make, if you make a choice that is selfish, means for yourself, mm. high chance that you will take the choice of prolonging this karmic cycle. But in that moment, if you make a selfless choice and say, you know what, I had enough. Mm. I want to go back home. Please come, right? There, then you create a reason as the choice making on the other side for the grace and um, divine intervention to come in and exit this loop, giving you an alternate um, ending to, mm. your, to your karmic character. You know, it will prolong, but it, it will just end. So your original um, choice making, which is to go to the wrong choice, which is to prolong your karma, will still continue. In an alternate universe, you will still be a character like yourself right now, but in this whole loop. 
but we are now traversing on a alternate universe where we where the rescue package comes in. So I I believe this is how in in the world of perfection a rescuer comes in and sucks you out while mm. not disrupting the play. Mm. You get what I mean? The play is not disrupted. Yeah. Except that you have diverted the the loop that you mentioned into something else that that causes you to escape and then you'll be like yeah escape right but yeah. then again this escape like what Ishwaji mentioned from a higher level is really pre-planned it's really meant to be like that you know mm. but when we are now exercising our choice making left or right i know no better so what do i do i'll just like ah okay let me just roll the dice right but now i think um on the hindsight knowing that this is how the system works the easiest option would to be let master make the choice for you easier said than done but this is the solution to not prolonging this um road of suffering you know even as initiates so uh, that's just what i want to uh add on <laughs> based on uh, my limited experience of uh, how this uh, uh thing works Okay. What do yeah. you think about this, Tanya? Yeah, I just wanted to <laughs> to click in because what I think now is, or what is coming to my head is, when I'm looking at the perspective of a new, of a beginner on the spiritual path, of a beginner of uh, having a master, um. of a yeah beginner of this kind of seeking. Um, if you say let's let's do let's make uh, master do the cho uh, make the choice mm. uh -huh. for you, uh -huh. mm. so this is very complicated because it confuses a new one. Yeah, he has no experience. Eventually, yeah. will come to experience, but at the beginning, maybe there is no experience like that. Yeah, and and you maybe if you say to him or her that so she or. Uh, he can imagine doing that, but yeah. it's still not the real thing. Mm. So what would you say to a beginner? I mean, I mean okay, mm. first define reality, what's real, what's not. Okay, that's another, that's another podcast altogether. But I, I totally agree with you, and Ishwaji did mention this. We mm. cannot not make a choice. We mm. have to exercise that choice because that's, that's how free will uh, gives, that's how it gives you the illusion of free will, right? Mm. That choice making. Mm. Mm. Actually, the choice making is just based on your veil of ignorance. Yeah. Because you choose not to know the choice that you want to do, therefore you make the choice. Actually, the choice itself is an illusion. Okay, with that being said, like you, you, are, you are against a problem right now in front of you, right? And you don't know what to do. And you say, mm. okay, master, make the choice. You cannot just sit down there and expect <laughs> some magical guy to appear and make the choice for you. No. <laughs> You just have to, in yourself, in your being, exercise, okay, master, I'm going to do this. And if this is the right choice, then so be it, right? If this is the wrong choice, then help me, master. That's, that's the perspective that one should take. I feel, if you want to let master do it, it's okay to make the wrong choice. Why are we so fixated in always making a perfect choice? It means that for the newbie, right, they have to build this relationship with master. Right? Yeah. So yes. the, the relationship is the key then, right? When yeah. they try their best, right, to to make choice, then they bring master at play. Mm. Right? 
okay, master, cover me. I'm going to make a choice now. And I don't know which one is the right choice, which one is the wrong choice. Maybe choice, both choice A and choice B that I make, yeah. you just lead me to the doom, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Because anything yeah. that we do create consequences, yeah. right? Yeah. Either you make a turn left or turn right. Yeah. And there's a consequence of making that choice anyway in this karmic creation. Yeah. Right? Right. But the key element, I find that, okay, for everyone who just come onto this spiritual path, they need some kind of guidance. Mm. And if they little by little put faith on their spiritual guide, okay? And then let the, you know, the one who know the, this road better make decision. Then I feel eventually we will be able to exit that loop. Provide that we make a jump of fate, right? Make a leap of fate to uh, master to make decision for us. Even we don't actually understand who is our inner guide who is our inner master but we forward the authority right the decision right. <laughs> or our own power to exercise this will right, right. to that one right i just i just want to add one more thing before tanya before you mention anything is that sometimes the choice is not as binary as as, as we seem to be it's not just choose coffee or tea right it's yeah. not like that Sometimes the choice making involves other people, you know, the the fate of other people, right? Like I need to make a choice whether I choose job A or job B, for example. It will affect my family. Job A might might require me to migrate. Job B might give me a higher pay, but less time with the family. So sometimes when you are faced with this kind of choice, um, from what I I experience myself, I usually choose. There there are few criteria that you can uh, have as a check as a mental checklist. One criteria will be: Does does the choice bring me closer to master or the spiritual path, or take me away from the spiritual path? That's number one. Number two, if you you can't even make that definitive uh, uh, um, difference, right, in the choices, then choose one that says, "Okay, I'm just out of this thing called love. I'm just going to make this choice based on love, right?" If you really can't even use that, then say, "Okay, master, I know no better. This is like a roll of dice." Whatever choice making I make, I make it in your name. Please help me after that. It's like like what people do. So help me God, right? Mm. So yeah, that's that's all. That's all I can uh, share. Yeah, from from my feeling, uh, it's the same. It's <laughs> the same. And and the other point is that um, if I make so called wrong choice, mm. then master make it sure that I will get the way back to the right choice right. because um, then something will put in my way so that uh, it will be complicated to fulfill that other the choice that I was making. Right. So in, in some way, I would say it's not that it doesn't matter what choice I make, but um, in the end, master will fix it. Right. I, I, so I, this yeah. is my experience also. <laughs> and, but and, then, but, but then you can you can make that choice and you can have that mindset because you have living faith with your spiritual guide or so-called master. Is that right? But for mm -hmm. those who still don't actually have anything like zero, 
Mm. You know, yeah. have no connection whatsoever. They've been just pushed by circumstances. Let's say to get initiation yeah. from a master, then they have to build up little by little. Yeah, that's why it is very important to look inside and outside for the clue. You know, there's so yeah. many clue, but then because our mind. Is so busy, we cannot pick up the clue because we so overwhelming, right? Like you are the you know you ask people to do this SOS exercise, you see that their mind is very busy and distracted with uh, multiple things at the same time, unless they can bring their attention in one point, which is meditation, right? Mm. Then they can see better what is the right choice that they need to make. So I feel this faith in a master or our spiritual guide also grow with our practice. How much you put your hours to do meditation, how much you put your hours into prayers or thinking of master or his teaching, right? Then that will become fruitful later on. When you understand that, you know your life will transform. At first, when you come onto the path, you might think that you're using your will, your choice, to be a spiritual person, right? To walk on this spiritual path. But then, after some time that you practice, you really realize that. The choice is not yours to begin with, right? Yeah. Master, make that choice for you. Since the time that you take this form. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's very true. Yeah. So for the for the beginner, the uh, often they 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 hear the sentence that they has have to go with their intuition. Yeah. So this is the, the most common thing that they hear and then problems still are there <laughs> because what is intuition? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> another point of uh, what somebody said to me is that uh, if you make it uh, a choice, then look after how it feels, just about how it feels. Does it, do you have a, a good feeling about it or a bad feeling about it? But there's also a, a gap in it because if you have uh yeah built up um i feel uh, yeah used to to things to behaviors to certain feelings to certain uh, um, emotions then you will also make a choice upon this one that you have mm. built up for a long time so it can be felt easy and it's not not the, the choice that will bring you closer um to the divine so yeah I, I totally you have agree. To, to build up uh, uh, this this living faith and mm. my experience is from the beginning that um, that my master has given me always chances to build up this uh, faith with things that he put in front of me that I have to uh, to, to um, uh, how you say uh, let me think about the word um uh, like uh, difficult situations that I had to go through and then ask, oh, master, why did you put me in this situation? Mm. And then uh, and then the feeling came afterwards, oh, um, 
this this is why you did that and uh, now i have more faith in you because i i could go through this situation and uh, nothing happened to me mm. so um and also good thing happens you think oh master you did this and so this is uh then you built up this faith with your with your master yeah i i think for for us uh initiates we always have this uh fixation on the result like what if i make a choice and it leads to the wrong result right mm-hmm. so so how how i i in fact i'm just going to quote uh from a a quote that a, a sister posted um today mm-hmm. in in the group uh she says something like when you get what you want that's god's direction but mm-hmm. when you don't get what you want that's god's protection so majority of us when we experience something and we make a choice and we don't get what we want we always say oh i made the wrong choice right failing to see the positive in that no you made the right choice if you made mm-hmm. that choice it will be more detrimental even though the result in your head might be mm-hmm. oh if i make this choice i will become you know better per se right but yeah we we need to learn to believe and trust in our master that yes. every choice making that we have is actually beneficial for us even though we have no clue where, what the choice is right um so it's just a shift of mindset like you know in short of saying you can do no wrong right obviously there is some something very egoistical to say but it's actually kind of true you know my master can do no wrong hmm yeah so yeah i, I mean uh, okay so besides this is, is there any mm-hmm. other um questions on your list I, i believe you have like a long list of questions yes i have <laughs> i have <laughs> digress some other questions um right yeah something that uh, uh, is going around in in my head is um that um talking to a, a lot of uh, um, friends and um seekers i'm realizing that um a lot of these people who are going or joining the spiritual path um to find salvation uh they are traumatized mm. so this is one thing of course that uh leads us also to the spiritual path because we go through so much suffering yeah this is this is one part of it uh i have realized myself mm. but um yeah the question is in the beginning uh, they find or yeah comfort in the path as a way out mm. and after some time they recognize that their problems are still with them so um and they can't move forward at some point they get stuck somehow they can't even med- uh, meditate anymore so um yeah what what is your suggestion for those seekers and uh, thoughts about this subject yeah takin you can say first um what what do you mean uh, suggestions like uh <laughs> if they have um, a lot of problems in their life and then mm, no like you know um the question is if you if you see in the beginning the spiritual path as a escape right escape escapism yeah mm. escapism yeah and yeah. Uh, we know <laughs> that it's there is no escape <laughs> yeah but if you say to a traumatized person uh you can't escape then they will surely uh <laughs> and it all yeah drop down because <laughs> yeah. it's it's uh, mm. that this is very 
yeah, not not good uh, to have this sentence this, in in, yeah, in your mind. Exactly. But uh, so in the beginning, it's okay to see it as escape, uh, but there is no escape. But some, there's a point uh, if you move on on this path that you realize that even if you tried so hard to do your meditation and and you always got stuck and uh, mm. and then you come back to addictions, for example, or you come back to difficult emotions again, and then you start to thinking, oh my goodness, what is this spiritual path good for? I yeah. thought I can get out of it, but yeah. I can't. I'm still here with all these problems. This is classic, right? So, and then yeah. you start to blame Master, right? Yeah. Oh, maybe he's not perfect. Yeah, maybe. Because yes. he's perfect. He would fix me in one second. Yeah. He yes. cannot. Yes. Maybe, right? I got the, yes. maybe I got the wrong initiation. I got the initiation yeah. into suffering. What, what What's happening? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, this is classic. Um, all of us have this, we call this the, the victim mindset, right? Mm. Where we are so fixated in our suffering that we believe everything is real and we prolong this. So like what we mentioned before, the loop, escaping the loop, requires, mm. it's, it's easier said than done, but it requires tremendous amount of faith and um, um, the, the leap of faith or putting your own enlightenment and salvation into somebody that you only know for a few months for example a plm right mm. takes a lot of tremendous courage because it's like i'm putting my whole soul in your hands right? yeah from yeah. a mind perspective it's scary right very very scary but uh, just, yeah and your lady will say to you are you sure are you following are you sure are you following a cult right <laughs> but actually the path is not as scary as it seems because mm. This path is actually a path of being effortless. Now, there's, there's, it's very contradictory if you use the English language about this term, right? Effortless. Because actually, this path is a path of love. It takes zero or little effort to actually fall in love. But this is what actually the masters do. They utilize this aspect of love, right? And then for people with fixation into sufferings, I don't blame them. In fact, I think what we should do if we see our fellow brothers and sisters suffering or even fellow human beings suffering, is we go down to their level and understand them from their own personal level and make that connection of love. Um, I feel love is the most powerful force in this universe and it can change almost anything, right? So if we um, do not exercise our ego and mm. we, for, for a moment, for like that two minutes of conversation, you forget about yourself and you go down to that level and, and be that guy, then you can, you can heal that person um, subconsciously I'm not saying that tomorrow the person will then be you know skipping around being the most happiest guy on earth no but that person will feel something coming from you and then the change will begin slowly and slowly and slowly you use love as your therapy or love as your healing tool um, I believe this is this is quite um, powerful you know in terms mm. love is very addic addictive um, you force. said you said about the effortless, right? But there's a lot of people that they feel that they're in charge of their own suffering, their own life. They yeah. don't have to let go yeah. of their will, right? Yeah. So, okay, there's an effort way yeah. that can escape the suffering too. Yeah. As, okay, I feel wisdom is very good tool to right. escape the suffering. But... The wisdom also have three kinds of wisdom. 
three level of wisdom i can say the first wisdom is like okay you gain this wisdom when you read a lot when you listen a lot okay either from scripture from master teaching or you listen to the teaching right the second wisdom come when you understand this concept or wisdom from in uh, intellectual you'll be able to intellectualize it so you understand this level so this is the first and the second level right first one is from reading or hearing it the second one is when okay it sink in you you can understand the concept you can intellectualize about it but the third one is the most important wisdom this third uh, level of wisdom is the wisdom from direct experience and only when we have direct experience then we learn it's like no matter what you say like oh don't touch that don't touch the stove it's hot okay you will keep telling your children it's like no right they're just like okay hear about it can intellectualize about it but if they never touch it and it's hot it's burning their finger they will still keep doing it so perfect living master or all oh, the spiritual teacher give us the tool of meditation or contemplation so that all of these wisdom um, or um, spiritual teaching in the world can become our own direct experience only when they start to walk the path then they understand and then can bring themselves out of this if they believe that the enlightenment or salvation they have to do by their own effort and they don't believe that anyone can pull them out of the suffering like using love like Tai Kim say so I feel yeah a lot of people when they're still in suffering mode being initiate non-initiate I feel they still have to find the direct experience to see for their own you know how um, this part work for them that's why at the time of initiation our master always say this part had worked for me right and I wish that it work for you the same but if you find someday that this method that i give to you is not working permission granted in at once you can learn from another teacher another method right so this is very scientific but no we take this initiation blindly we put blind faith into that that okay master we stand by and help me when i fall or pull me out of my suffering without making experiment you know embrace this spiritual part fully and practicing it when they make a step even a first step to practice this right away i believe that the result will come the first result yeah. will be they feel that they will feel that they're more happy, less anger, less lustful thinking. 
So they will see that them themselves start to transform if this method is working for them. So I truly, um, you know, supportive for the people who make a step and also um, examine, right? Practice what they got from the master. Otherwise, how they have the right to complain that master not helping them, this part is not working for them when they not even take any step and just waiting there, uh, wait for master to spoon feeding them, right? This is so interesting and it's um, really so amazing because I see so much um, uh, in, line, in line with uh, also with healing processes that are going uh, like for trauma, for example, where we also have to go into the experience with our body because 80% um, of the um, the the nerve uh, lines of what we, where we are accumulate uh, knowledge are going from the body to the brain and only 20% are going from the brain to the body so so we can't get healed by getting uh, intellectual knowledge from from our brain mm -hmm. we can only heal if you go into experience with our body so this is so cool because in, in so what you are telling now is also the spiritual path thing is also an exper experiential uh, you have to go into this experience mm -hmm. to that there will be a change then so um what the question what pops up right now to me is um if we for example uh, yeah have gone through some some healing process let's say for our um body suffering body brain suffering uh which got, comes from the nervous system if we leave this body and get to know that this is an illusion and come to our inner bodies so will we have the same to do then with these bodies are there still uh yeah is there still something to to heal with the inner bodies in that way yeah, yes, yes. From my own direct experience, like I said, I went away for 10 days to observe only within myself, right? Then I can look closely in different layers within myself. The first layers, of course, is pain, you know? You have pain on the leg and you look at it, you know, examine where it's coming from, what the cause of it, right? But then when all the pain is gone, I would say, let's say after the uh, third or the fourth day, because when we meditate, we raise our energy, we raise our vibration, right? And normally those vibration, we just heal all the physical pain, the physical trauma just go away. Mm. But after a certain vibration raise, I enter the state where I become very emotional. And I think, yeah. oh my God, you know, I'm very emotional person. All kind of things surface like anger, hatred, will burn with emotions. And I feel the tools of this is that when you have wisdom, right? And when you have security from master, you feel that 
somebody backing you always, whatever you go through. So I just observe that with master. You know what happened? It's like it's come like a wave. It's coming, you know, racing and then going away. It's like it's like a, a wave of emotions come. Hmm. So I understand that ah, this is part of the problem of my sensory body. It's the emotions that come mm-hmm. up one by one, one by one, you know. But mm-hmm. bear in mind that I have to completely cut off and and use that, you know, that quiet time to observe within myself that I can see that very clearly. The first emotion come is like, okay, you're the worst person on this planet, right? <laughs> and then after that, oh, you're the best person on this planet. <laughs> Both of that are unbalanced, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, after every emotion burn out, then the balance come. And when that balance come, by the Buddhist, uh, Buddha teaching, he called that middle part, right? When you can observe from the middle way from that balanced state, then you see, oh my God, this is how I have to heal the sensory body then, you know, but let all of that come up. You know, you have to have direct experience. So the wisdom actually come after you have direct experience. So after the sensory body, you know, um, come up and burn out, the next step is the mind. Oh, God. The mind is like, oh, the bubble of thought. It's like you watch the sea, right? The wave of the sea. And within that sea, there's many bubbles when it reached the, the beach, right? The shore. Oh, my God. All oh, that bubble of thought. All kind of thought. They try to pull you away from the center, make you unbalanced. How to heal that? The same, observing. Observing Mm -hmm. with your master, observing from the eye of the wisdom, and that will burn out. Then you can heal really, truly from a deeper level using this observer method, okay? And this is very scientific, what I said to you. And Mm -hmm. we can actually use the same method, have the same experience that I told you. So this is also the teaching of all the path master, but they use it in different terms, different way. But I feel the core teaching on the experiential level is the same thing, same thing. That's it for today's episode. If you'd like to listen to more content like this one, please follow and like our channel. Links can be found in the description. See you next time and thank you for listening.